Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 358, session number 110 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday. And well, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's another Friday, and I'm going to answer some more of your questions. Now, let me remind you, if you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can do that you can ask a question all you have to do is just record your first name maybe where you're tuning in from that's not you don't have to but I would like it if you did and then uh, just a brief question and then I'll do my best to answer it on an upcoming ask Scott session you guys know I've said this time and time again I look forward to this time of the week I love listening to you guys ask questions it's a way for us to connect on another level like we're sitting across a table at a coffee shop which I always say and uh, yeah I get really excited to do these. Now, today we're going to talk about listings and testing products. We're going to talk about selling electronics. Should I? Should I not? Why? Or why should I not? Um, organic sales after pay-per-click. And uh, I'm going to give you some of my random thoughts here in the beginning as well about something that's been going on in my head, and hopefully it can help you. Now, let me remind you of the show notes and the transcripts can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 358. And you can get all the transcripts, the show notes, everything there in one nice package right there for you on the blog. And that link again is theamazingseller.com forward slash 358. Now, a couple things I want to talk about before we jump into today's first question. First off, I spent the morning packaging up some free t-shirts that I'm giving away to some of you listening right now. And you might be asking yourself, well, how do I get one of those t-shirts? And the way that you get them is you show up at a Facebook Live or one of our Facebook Lives that we do. And we typically do them on Fridays. But I've also been known to kind of jump in there and do one randomly during the week. It just kind of depends on my mood and also if I have anything to talk about. And what I've been doing is I've been saying like, hey, listen, leave a comment down below and at the end we'll pick a winner. And we've been doing that. So I'm sending out right now, I believe it's about six shirts going to six different individuals all over the, all over the world. Actually, I sent uh, one to the UK. I sent uh, one to, I believe it was Idaho. Uh, I sent one to New Jersey. Uh, So all over the place. So I just want to say thank you for showing up to them. If you're not showing up to the Facebook lives or if you want to, maybe you didn't even know we were doing these. Just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy. That is our TAS Facebook page, and that's where you'll be notified when we go live. So definitely check that out. A great resource too, by the way. So let me also, before we jump in, is talk about, you guys you know, you guys know that I do this on Fridays, is I kind of talk about what's been kind of going on in my head or what I've been seeing, what I've been observing. And one of the things that kind of came to me this week after I was actually on an interview with John Lee Dumas on EO Fire, and uh, we were talking about like some of the things I struggled with in the beginning of being an entrepreneur or just working for myself. And one of the biggest things for me was believing in myself. Now, if you can relate to this, you know what I mean, right? You you know that sometimes you just ask yourself that question. You're like, why me? Like, I can't do that. Like, so-and-so, they're doing it because they have this special skill or they're really outgoing or, or, you know, they're not an introvert like me. There's no way that I could do that. Or I don't have a degree. I can't do that because I think you gotta be really smart to do that and smart people go to college. If I didn't go to college... I mean, these are the thoughts that were going on in my head, all right? And I wasn't a believer in myself. 
And it took me a long time. It took me some coaching from my wife to actually convince me that I was smart in my own way. Like, yeah, I'm not smart, book smart. I'm not. I'll tell you that right now. If you tell me to read a book and you want to quiz me on that book, I'm probably not going to do well. Just not. Because my mind's going in other directions when I'm reading. That's just the way I am. That's why audiobooks work better for me. That's just the way that I can really kind of get the, you know, the information and the message ingrained in my head versus reading. It's hard. My thoughts tend to wander. That's how I was in school. But you know, growing up, you know, if you went to college, you were going to be successful. I can't tell you how many people I know that go to college or that went to college and they aren't doing what they went to college for. Now, does that mean that that experience in college didn't help them get to where they are today? No, I'm not saying that. They might have met a connection in, in college that now they're partners on something else. I mean, that could happen, right? Or maybe a connection that got you a job at a, at a different location or a different place because you had that connection. And they said, hey, we're hiring over here. Do you want to, do you want to, you know, come over here and get a job? And then you were an intern over there. And then that led you into another job. Like, I understand that that stuff can happen. But for me personally, I always thought that if you went to college and had a degree, you're smarter than me. And that's just not the case. It's not the case for me. And it's not the case for you if, if you're in that uh, mindset. Okay. Because it is a mindset and it's a limiting belief. And it's something that I've struggled with for years. All right. So I want you guys to live by this new, this new little phrase that I'm coming up with. All right. And I want you guys to just maybe even write it down. Okay. This is a writer downer, as you guys have heard me talk about before. And that is BYOB. No, not bring your own beer. (laughs) That would have been at the college party, right? No, it's be your own believer. Okay. Be your own believer. Trust in yourself. Don't let self-doubt get in the way, okay? No matter if it's this Amazon thing or if it's this e-commerce thing or whatever, be your own believer, okay? Because I'm telling you right now, you have what it takes. You totally have what it takes. You just have to believe in yourself and believe in the process. Are you going to be tempted with the shiny object syndrome, which we always, you know, all of us you know, kind of fall uh, in that trap. Yes, it happens to all of us, you know, and that would be another topic for me to talk about is how to like eliminate those distractions. But if you believe in yourself, if you are your own believer, no one can take, can take that away from you. And for all the time that you're doubting yourself, you should be just working on how to actually, you know, move forward in what you want to do. You know, it's it's your option. It's your It's your journey. It's your story, right? It's your decision whether you succeed in the eyes of whomever or if you fail. And I don't believe in failure. I just believe that you're continuing to to learn through these experiences and through this process, all right? I know it's a little deep here, guys, and I apologize for that, but I think it's important because this is something that I wish I had someone right now like, like I am to you. I wish I had someone back then you know, which I kind of did. I had my wife. I shouldn't take take that away from her because she was that 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 cheerleader or that that person really saying like, "Listen, believe in yourself." Like, you know, but it was hard. Uh, but I'm here telling you that you do have what it takes, and you just have to believe in yourself, and you have to continue to work at it. All right. So remember that. B Y O B. Okay. 
Be your own believer. And I'm telling you right now, you can be unstoppable. And I want that for you. And I want you guys to, to write to me. Write to me. Let me know, you know, what, you know, what you're doing right now to push through some of these obstacles, you know, through some of these barriers. You know, we all talk about strategies and tactics and everything on Amazon. And I'm going to continue to do that for you because it's important. But this here is a huge part, a huge component that people just gloss over. And to me, that could be holding you back. That might, you might be just getting in your own way, right? I know that was my, my problem is getting in my own way, not believing in myself or limiting how far I thought I could go. Okay. So I don't want that for you. I want you to believe in yourself. So be your own believer. Write that one down. Maybe even we'll do a hashtag on that. Hashtag be your own believer. A little long, but hey, well, let's go with it. And guys, if you want to write me a personal note and let me know a little bit more about your story, I mean, like physically handwrite one, you can send me one. Just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash notes and do that. Send me a letter there. I'd love to pin it up on my board here. All right? So let's, uh, let's get rocking and rolling. Let's dive into today's first question and I will give you my answer. Let's do this. Let's rock and roll. Hi, Scott. This is Oleg Takara. I have a question. As far as finding a product and going to AliExpress and testing it out, do I list it under the same ASINs that I've located the similar products, or do I create my own listing and list it in that uh, category um, <coughs> with other sellers? So that's my uh, basic question. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for the question. I would try to pronounce your first name, but it was kind of muffled there. So I apologize and uh, I don't want to butcher your name. So I apologize, but thank you so much for submitting your question. And this is a great question. And I actually wanted to address it because this could be a little confusing. All right. Now, what we're talking about is if we're talking about like finding a product that we want to test really fast, like rapidly, like I'm talking like a wholesale, it's like you're wholesaling. If you're going to AliExpress, or even Alibaba Wholesale. There's a whole section there, guys, if you don't know that. If you go over to Alibaba and you look for wholesale, you'll see stuff is in stock right now on the shelf, ready to go. Um, now, you know, with that being said, you know, you are risking doing that, being just like everyone else, and then, you know, from there, having hijackers jump on and all that stuff. But if you do your product research properly and you're finding products that are not competitive yet, I use the word yet with uh with quotes, uh, air brackets, whatever you want to call them, because, uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of time that if you have a generic product, someone's going to copy you. Um, what this is to do is really validate that this type of product will sell. And then from there you can build upon that. Okay. And it doesn't work for everything. It's going to be like a small test order. It might be like 25. And if you, if you sell those 25, then, then you're off to the races. I know my good friend, Steve Chu, he talks about doing this and then selling them on eBay. And if he sells it on eBay, then he's kind of validated that it'll sell. Um, and he actually did that, and now they have this seven-figure business, uh, you know, that they've built from scratch, and it really came down to them doing, you know, kind of like a test order in a sense, and selling the rest of them on eBay. Uh, so you can definitely do it, but what you're asking is, what do I do? Do I find a product on Amazon that is like the same product or similar product, and then I list on their listing? No, you would not do that. That's what we call hijacking, by the way. Um, that's where you would go on a listing. You would find the exact same item. Now, preferably, you're not going to want to find the exact same item that's selling on Amazon of that generic product. Like that would be maybe a red flag that you don't want to do uh, because you don't want to look like everyone else. And if you do find something like that, then you'd want to make your own listing too because you'd want to have your own listing. You don't want to share the buy box. 
All right. So when we're talking about testing using AliExpress or Alibaba or any other wholesale uh, type site, you want to create your own listing. And here's the deal. Once you make your own listing, create it as a listing or as a variation. I'm sorry, as a variation and very important here. Because here's what you can do. Let's say that you 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 know you list that product, you create a listing, and then uh, you start to get some sales, and you go, okay, cool, this is validated, but it's just a generic product. I want to modify this thing. I want to sell this thing, but I want to modify it, do better packaging. Well, now what you can do is you can just create another variation underneath that same listing, and now you don't have to start from scratch. Any reviews you got can carry over. Um, you know, all of the SEO factor as far as inside of Amazon, the ranking, all that stuff will stay. And all you're doing then is you're just modifying and, and kind of creating another variation. So this way here, it's like new and improved. Or maybe this other one that you're selling has uh, an additional accessory to it. Okay. And then that now allows you to not be just like everyone else. But you might just want to take that that generic one and let that run out of inventory, and then that variation will kind of disappear in a sense, where it's not going to be it's not going to be there for you to sell against on that particular listing. Um, you could you could always just close out the variation if you wanted to, but I would say just let it run out of inventory and then start a brand new variation underneath that listing. And that's why it's important when you're doing anything as far as listing a product, even if you don't think it'll be a variation, set up that listing as a variation. Okay, a listing, it's going to be a parent plus a child. And then from there, you can always add a variation later. All right? So hopefully this has helped you or anyone else that's thinking about doing this, you know, go to AliExpress, go to Alibaba or Wholesale and to test out products before you actually go all in. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a smart idea. Um, it's very similar to retail arbitrage too. We have a class right now called 1K Fast Track. And uh, these guys are able to go out there and test products, they're name brand products, but they're at least able to say, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of stuff selling in this market or in this category. Now I'm going to start digging a little bit deeper and then coming up with your own product or an accessory for a game or whatever. Um, it allows you to get into different categories without having to have this huge investment up front. So hopefully that helped you. Let's go ahead and listen to today's next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, how's it going? I appreciate all the information you're giving us. But a quick question. I heard you say don't go into the electronics market if you are new to FBA selling. Um, my question is, if I were to find a very good supplier, a uh, high-quality product, and say there are very minimal issues, just issues that are standard to electronics, is electronics a high-profitable market to go into? Thanks. Well, thank you so much for the question, and I didn't catch your name on that one. You had a really good audio connection there, too, so if you guys can do me a favor, if you submit a question, just submit your your first name as well. Just say who it is, and then maybe where you're tuning in from, and then the brief question, um, but anyway, I'm going to answer this question. I think it's a, I think it's a, a good question. Um, I have talked about that. Like, what are the products that I generally will stay away from? And it's definitely electronics. That and probably glass um, or knives or something like that, right? But something that can break, that's really what I'm looking at, or a liability issue. Think about this for a second. If you have an electronic product and one, one little wire comes, you know, basically, a, you know, detached or maybe it just wasn't attached at the factory and now a thousand of those don't work and then you start getting reviews of people saying the product doesn't work. And you've got 950 of them left in stock. Now you got to pull that order. Then you got to, you know, you got to talk to the factory, see if they'll make good on it. 
and then you got to get rid of them and ship them back or destroy them or whatever, right? That's the things that you're thinking about. So my thing is, is like, I'm not opposed to doing this. Like you mentioned, if you find a good supplier, like a really, really good supplier, maybe you've done a ton of different tests, you know, and maybe you have an inspection company that can go in there and really, uh, you know, look at the factory, make sure it's, you know, really up to par and all that stuff. I'm not opposed to that, but I am kind of opposed to not doing it if you're just starting out. Like if you're just starting out, like it's one more thing that can break, right? It's one more thing. And I don't even mean the product. I'm saying like in, in this, uh, you know, in this journey for you to start from scratch, have something that you sell. That's one thing like that's, there's a whole bunch of different things in the middle there, right? Like you, you got to find the product then you got to, you know, you got to find the supplier, then you got to, you know, work through all those kinks. Then if you want to do sea shipping, you got to figure out that, which I say, always start with air in the beginning, even though you're going to spend more, um, you know, just so you can cut down on those headaches. And then from there, you got to get your listing created. And then from there, you got to do a launch and, and all that stuff. So all that stuff goes into it. And then imagine having all that work be done, and then you find out that, you know, a thousand of your units are just not working, uh, or they're broken, or, you know, they stop working after a day, or something like that, like, that would be terrible, okay, now to some people, that's an opportunity, some people, it's like, well, that's, you know, especially Scott's saying not to do electronics, Uh, maybe we should do that, that way, you know, and you're right, you know, if you want to basically go where people aren't going, you're going to have less competition, but you are also going to have more risk. It's the same thing with bigger products. People are saying, well, I'm just going to go and sell bigger products, uh, you know, oversized products, more expensive products because less people are doing it. And you're right. But you also have the risk of if something goes wrong with those products, you're out a lot more capital. Or let's just say, for example, you start getting a ton of refunds. Those refunds are going to hurt a lot more than a $5 product, right? But Is there opportunity there? Yes. Whenever there is not people going there, there's more opportunity, but there's also more risk, right? So you just have to balance that out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to don't do it. I'm saying if you, if you think that you've done all of the research and you've done all the vetting of the, of the manufacturers and you've done tests and you feel good about it, then go for it. But I'm personally, I'm not comfortable with that. Like even right now, like me to take five grand and throw it down on an electronic product like, I don't want to, I don't want to take that risk right now. Like just me personally, and that doesn't mean in the future I won't, but right now, currently I don't want to go down that road. Um, but you know, if you want to do it, go for it. Uh, anyone else listening? I mean, again, you just have to understand the risks that are involved. All right. So, uh, if you are going to do it, just like I said, just make sure you do your, your research, not just on the product, but on the company right? Because it's important that you do that. If you can do it US-based, it might even be a little bit better because then you have a little bit more control and maybe you can even go and fly there and meet the manufacturer and do all that stuff. But if you're going to do that, you got to treat that serious. I mean, you really do because, I mean, one product that comes through defective uh, electronically that just doesn't turn on and off, you're, you're out of luck, all right? So um, hopefully this has helped you, gave you a little, little something to think about. Again, I don't want to discourage you. I just want to make you aware of all of the things involved here. That's it. That's all I'm doing. Um, but it is an opportunity. That, that I will say. All right? So let's go ahead and listen to one more question for today. I'll give you my answer, and then we'll wrap this baby up. And you guys can get on with your weekend or your week whenever you're listening to this. Let's, uh, let's do that. Let's listen to the last question. Hey, Scott. This is Zoe. I'm actually from Antigua in the Caribbean, which is pretty cool because I know you said you like hearing from people all over the place. Um, my question is, I'm a new seller. And I've been selling since November, the end of November 2016. 
Now, we weren't really doing any paperclips or anything to begin with, and then we decided to up our paperclip. Now, we did something a little bit drastic. We put on like $200 a day. Might sound crazy, but it really boosted us up the search engines and things like that. Then what happened, I mean, we went from literally selling like one, two, three a week to selling 79. Then the following week, 123. The week after that, 118. So within our first six weeks, we'd turned over $6,000. Now, we obviously weren't making any money from that, but we had boosted our rankings and things like that, our search optimization. You know, we were up there on page one or two, naturally. Now, we decided to turn off our pay-per-click and see what happened. We're selling, we did that for the last couple of days. We're selling three to four a day. Um, so my question really is when do you start seeing, you know, 10 organic sales a day? Um, you know, how do you boost your organic sales without spending a fortune on, uh, your paper clicks? One of the other things I was maybe going to consider is putting back on, you know, $20 or $40 a day, but I want to know at what point is a tipping point where you're getting more organic sales than pay-per-click sales. Really would appreciate your help and thanks very much. I love listening to your podcast. It's been an amazing resource because obviously I'm new. It's my second month in business and it's invaluable. So I really appreciate your help. Thanks so much. Hey, Zoe, thank you so much for the question. Love that name, by the way. Love it. And I love it that this is a long distance phone call for you. This is awesome. So thank you so much for being a listener and being a fan of the show. And I love it also that you're taking action, by the way. So really proud of you there. And it sounds like you've been pretty aggressive, which I like that too, to a certain extent. But I mean, you really just ramped things up with that pay-per-click. I mean, spending $200 a day that's pretty aggressive. That sounds like my good friend Dom Sugar aggressive, um, which he'd be proud of that because you're getting data quick. You're getting sales. You're starting to move up the ranks. You're starting to see movement, right? But now the question is, all right, I back off of the pay-per-click. My sales drop, right? And am I still ranking? I don't know. I don't know that part of it. Are you still ranking after you've stopped your pay-per-click? Um, you're getting, I think you said, like maybe three to five sales a day, which isn't terrible, but you want to get to that 10 sale day. My first, my first thing I would want to do is I'd want to pull the search term report inside of all that data inside of the seller central account, all the data that you've been collecting at $200 a day with those sales coming in. I would want to see what are the search terms that brought the sales period. Okay. What are the search terms that brought in the sales? Now, for those of you guys that are brand new, you, this might not make a whole bunch of sense to you, but we did a full week workshop where we actually talk about pay-per-click and sponsored product ads. And the thing we talk about is that right there, a keyword that turns into a search term. Okay. A keyword is like the seed we plant. We plant the seed to see what search terms are being actually searched for. All right. So what we mean by that is when someone types something in long handled stainless steel garlic press, that's a long tail keyword, but it's also a long tail search term. Okay. Meaning that's the actual search term. We might've been just targeting stainless steel garlic press. So now my question would be, are you ranking on page one for the, the search terms that have converted for you in the past? That would be my question. I can't answer that right now. I'm not there. If you ask yourself that question, then that's going to say, oh yeah, there's like 10 keywords or search terms. I'm sorry, search terms that I've been converting for and I'm not ranking on page one. So the only way I'm going to get sales for that search term is if I advertise pay-per-click. So now I would ask myself if I converted on, you know, 
through that ad, if I convert it there, then there's a pretty good chance if I get there on page one, I'll convert too. So now I can probably get all of those sales organically if I can get myself ranked. That's the big question. So me personally, what I would do is do that. And then I would probably continue my pay-per-click. Maybe not the $200 a day. Maybe I would scale that back to 40, 50 bucks a day, which I think you said you were going to do. And then I would still see how that was doing. And I would start to really refine that. I'd start to look at the winners and cut the losers. And then again, I would actively be trying to rank for these other search terms. I would take those search terms and make sure that they're in my back end. I'd make sure that they're in, in my description, in my bullets somewhere. I need them. I need to know that I'm getting indexed for these and I need to be able to get sales through these. So the best way to get sales through these search terms is to advertise for those search terms. You might even want to move those into a phrase match search term campaign. Okay. So this way here, you're only showing up for those ones. And then I would really start to ramp up that. Like, again, think about this. If you've converted for five or 10 search terms regularly, and then you create a campaign with just those search terms in it, and then you, you, uh, either, you either pause the other ones in the other campaign or just create a negative, uh, match to those. And then all you're doing is driving that budget towards the ones that have converted. Now we're going somewhere, right? And now we can start to rank for those search terms on page one. And then we can say, now we're getting to 10 sales a day. The other thing I would ask you is I would say, is your, is your market, is your, is your uh, competition, are they getting 10 sales a day? If they are, then good, then good. Then that means we can definitely get there. But if, if everyone's getting like five a day and someone else is getting seven and someone else is getting eight and everyone's kind of sharing all of those, then I would think it's going to be a little bit harder. But if you've got a few people right now that are, that are selling, you know, 40 a day and someone else selling 25 and someone else is selling 29 and another person's selling 30, like if those are the numbers, then you're like, okay, I can get to my 10 a day for sure. Um, and that's what I would do. Like, that's how I would kind of reverse engineer what you've already done. It sounds like if you turn on the sponsored product ads, the pay-per-click, you get sales. Well, those sales are being generated through search terms. So how do we rank for the search terms? That's the big question. So Zoe, thank you so much for the question. And hey, maybe sometime we'll have to hang out in the Caribbean together. That would be amazing. We were actually talking about doing a live TAS event in, uh, in, in the Caribbean somewhere. We just aren't really quite sure yet where we'd want to go. But it's definitely been a discussion. I love, love uh, just going tr- on tropical vacations when I can, which doesn't happen often, but I do enjoy it when that happens. So um, that would be awesome uh, to do that in the future. But anyway, thank you so much for the question. Everyone that submitted their question this week, I want to say thank you so much. The other thing that I would say is if you have a question yourself and you're listening to this, maybe you're a new listener, and if you are, welcome, uh, then just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and ask a question. And then uh, you can just record your voicemail and ask a, a question. Tell me where you're from. Tell me your first name. And we'll try to get it aired on an upcoming show. And then the other thing is, if you guys want to be in, in the running for a free t-shirt, then definitely make sure that you're on our Facebook Lives. We do one every single Friday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on our Facebook fan page and our group. So just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, 
and and you can uh, make sure that you're not going to miss that stuff, all right? And you can get in the running for one of those cool shirts. We've got random shirts that we're giving away, all TAS stuff. Uh, and then uh, just last thing, the show notes, guys, episode 358, so theamazingseller.com forward slash 358, all the transcripts, the show notes will be there in a nice little package for you awesome people out there right now that are listening, all right? So that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, week, weekend, wherever you are in the week, and I'll see you guys right back here on the next episode. 